High Five Gear is a proud sponsor of Above180.com. H5G has thousands of designs to choose from and no hidden artwork fees. How awesome is that? Show your individuality and have your jersey tell your story. Online, you can order at www.high5gear.com today. Don't let fashion pass you by. Add H5G into your wardrobe and show off your individuality. Use code ABOVE180 at checkout for $20 off any H5G style. Thank you to all of our supporters and our fans. We appreciate it. Hey, bowlers, Bowling This Month is back. Bowling This Month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at BowlingThisMonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me on the Above180.com podcast is Daria Payok. Daria was the 2017 PWBA Rookie of the Year. She has one PWBA title, that being the Greater Detroit Open. Daria bowled collegiately for Weber International University. She was a member of the 2016 Women's Intercollegiate Team Champions. Daria Timberg here. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. All right. Well, I thought we'd go back and kind of review some uh, with some folks the PWBA year in review kind of thing. And let's begin with you. You were the 2017 PWBA Rookie of the Year. You have one PWBA title. You run the Greater Detroit Open this past year. So let's talk about that in your year on the PWBA. What, um, what were some of your biggest takeaways? Well, the whole, yeah, the whole season was a very big roller coaster for me. It started off with a very tough lane conditions on the first stop, which is, I believe, 39 feet flat pattern. We bowl on burn. We, the girls had to loft the gutter cup. It was extremely tough. I missed the cut and that was reality check. Uh, I, I actually, the first tournament, I realized of how much I have to learn. And the first events were very frustrating as my expectations were a little bit higher towards myself. I wasn't, I wasn't happy with my performances. And everything had changed after I shot my first 300 in Detroit. And ever since, I, I believed in myself. And I think that's why I call it a roller coaster, because the season started off not that good. And then everything just started going better and better. And I believe I'm a better bowler now than I was when I started the tour. So would you say it was a mental part of your game, where after you had that 300, you, it kind of clicked that you belong out there with the other ladies competing? No, not necessarily. I think that the lanes were so tough at the very beginning that it was a very quick lesson of how to play them, about different layouts. I was learning a lot from my ball rep, Steve Jacobs, and and we really did a good job. So I learned a lot of how I have to play the lanes and and exact times, what I have to do with my hand. 
So everything that I had been practicing in Kegel before, I actually could experience it on tour. So first I pay my price when I wasn't sure what tricks I should do with my hand at certain times. It was sometimes I missed it, sometimes I didn't. So that's why I'm saying the experience for the first stops really helped me towards the end of a tour. And the 300 game just made me realize that I don't have to feel perfect in order to be perfect. So what I'm trying to say is that when I shot 300, my physical game felt extremely awful. My boxing was everywhere. My follow through was everywhere. I was very anxious the whole tournament. Yet I shot the first 300 in seven years, I believe. My first 300 was when I was 16 years old. So it was a long time since then. And I think I just convinced myself that I don't really have to feel perfect in order to perform on the highest level. Yeah, so let's talk about you were uh, part of the 2016 Women's Intercollegiate Team Champions with Weber International. It had to, uh, your experience in college bowling with Weber has to, and you're still bowling a lot and doing a lot of stuff with the Kegel Training Institute down there in Florida. Talk about how that's been able to help you progress in your game and your practice sessions, like you said, so you're able to identify some of those things when you're out on tour that you need to make the moves quicker and stay up with, uh, with the way the lanes are always changing. Definitely being a college bowler has helped me become a professional. Being on bowling college tournaments is very tough because you don't only have a pressure on yourself and and you just don't bowl for yourself. You bowl for seven other ladies. So when you miss that 10 pin, when you miss that single pin, you're just not letting yourself down. You're letting the whole team down. So that really makes you tougher mentally, definitely. And Kegel and Weber International had taught me what discipline really is. And they showed me that if you really, really, really want something and if you if you work very hard, you can get it. So that's something that I'm going to be forever thankful. And Daria, one of the big topics of discussion over the last few weeks has been lofting. It's something if you go back and watch some of your videos on Facebook, you've been working on that for now for for a while but talk about how lofting is a part of bowling and what you've been able to do and where you think it is and and how much you think lofting should be involved in the sport well i think that being able to loft and being able to bowl so deep it takes lots of skill you have to be a good bowler in order to be able to loft in order to be able to do it repeatedly and the lanes sometimes are not easy sometimes the lanes are very dry you you cannot just stay on the right side of the lane the lane does not only have 20 boards so what really the difference in between what it is here in the US and what I what I'm used to back in Europe is that once I can I cannot move any far left because of the ball return back home I would say there's no oil I cannot ball because I cannot slide farther than 37 38 which means on the arrows the deepest I can be 22. So for many years, I was living in the perception that bowling is only from board number one to board number to board number 23, because I, I could not fit anymore. When I came to the States, we started to bowl in college, a lot of games, a lot of bowlers, I realized that there's so many more boards. And then I bought my first US Open, which I finished, I believe, around 70th. I missed the cup by maybe like 100, 200 pins. And that's where the farthest left I could go was 25 because I was not able to to have my angle shot. I was throwing it to the right. I was throwing it everywhere because I wasn't comfortable. So that's when I realized it was the weakest part of my game. And I put two, two and a half years of work 
in order to be able to bowl left of that. And slowly, slowly, I'm getting more comfortable. So that just makes me think that it's so hard. It takes so much skill for a person to be able to do that, especially for women. We don't really bowl that far left that often. Uh, my rev rate sometimes is a little bit higher than, than most of the women, yet I don't have a rev rate of a man. So I think that it's, it's just not easy at all. And it takes lots of dedication to learn how to do it. So I appreciate every single bowler that can bowl deep inside, that can loft. I think it takes, it took a lot of practice for sure and it takes a lot of skill. Yeah. Do you think that in a tournament setting that bowlers, whether it's on a collegiate spotlight um, sort of tournament, a collegiate event or a, a U.S. Open or a PWBA event that bowlers should be uh, forced is the wrong word to use, but bowlers should be have to migrate to that part of the lane? Or, are you okay with that? Well, it depends what kind of loft we're talking about. We can be talking about lofting it to the arrows. We can be lofting, we can be talking about lofting it just a few feet down the lane. There is, there's different ways, you know. I believe that we, we have a whole lane to play. If you need to go through 35 on the arrows and, and you're gonna be comfortable there, I, I think there's nothing bad about it. And I, the only one thing that is on my mind right now, I was bowling, I was watching US Open last night. It was the last squad on burn. And that I thought it was already pushing the bowlers up to the limits because just a lot of good bowlers just gave up. There was no more room to loft. They couldn't loft any farther. There was just basically no oil. So a lot of good bowlers just moved right through a spare ball. But that's basically like you throw a spare ball and you pray for a nine pin. And that's not what the sport is really about. So there is that thin line in what I think is right and what is not really right. All right. Well, let's move on. You posted earlier this year on Facebook, and you've pinned it to the top of your page on your um, your athlete page. You can check this out. It says, you're on a mission to spread the love of the sport of bowling. You created this page to share your practice routines, insight, and your journey into bowling. You want to inspire folks. Let's talk about, um, and you want to help them show, show their dedication and hard work and what you're doing and how it can take folks anywhere they want to go in their bowling game. Talk about why you posted that and why that's important to you. Well, I just wanted to make sure that people who just stumble upon my Facebook page, they see what I'm really about. It's kind of like a mission statement for myself. Uh, I did something unconventional because I opened the fan page in January before the tour. So I did do a lot of videos before going on the professional tour. I already had some followers. So I put myself under some pressure because I was practicing a lot, yet I was failing on the PWBA tour for some events. And it's not easy to keep telling people like, well, I worked hard, yet I did not make the cut. So my point of working hard and it paying off, it wasn't really reflecting up until my tour just made 180 degrees and I started to be more successful. So that's very cool for a person that, actually does follow me and reads my post to see that nothing is really sugar-coated. It's not easy for anybody. And they can follow my journey from the very, very beginning of me being an amateur bowler to become a Rookie of the Year on the PWBA Tour. Yeah. How hard is it, though, to put up a video of you not striking? Because I know that's something bowlers often joke about when you watch videos of whether it's a ball review or whether it's a video of them just practicing at a turn, you know, at a, in a session, you actually did that. And I give you a lot of credit for doing that, putting up the shots that don't always strike because everyone has to learn from those. And it, it sounds like that's what your goal in this was. 
Yeah, my goal of this page is to be as authentic as I can be. So I'm not going to tell everybody I always strike. Of course, I, I have those very bad shots. And, and it's just about showing everybody that anything is possible, meaning if I can do it, you can do it too. So if I missed 25 times, but I made it work once, it means if I can make it work once, I can make it work 25 times if I pull enough practice. So that's why I've been putting all these loft videos starting from January when I couldn't loft at all. And then slowly progressing to where in the last video I posted, I, I was going for 35, which is my biggest achievement yet. And that's an actual visual, uh, visual, like you can actually see the progress yourself. That is not just for me, but I'm just trying to share everything I do with everybody. Yeah, so you're practicing quite a bit. Let's. What are a few tips just for folks out there listening, whether they're young or old, that they can improve into your game, into their game, and instantly add a couple pins here, a couple pins there, a game? Well, I definitely think that if a person would like to become a better bowler, there's lots of professionals out on Facebook, out of social media, that share their practice routines, and it's not just me. I would just recommend to watch closely their technique, my technique, compare it to themselves, to, to see what they're doing different. My, my biggest tip to many people is that less is more. So in this case, less movement is more. I used to be a player that my head was moving a lot. My shoulders were super open, very high back swing. So it took me a very long time to calm down my game, to actually walk a bit slower, to have my back swing lower, to have my shoulders without moving them so much. So when you see somebody that looks very easy and that there's not much movement to it, that's how it's supposed to be. Okay, so this is a two-part question for you. Uh, number one, who has been the most uh, impactful in your bowling game, both here and then overseas as well? Well, definitely the, the, the coach that had opened my eyes for bowling as, as a sport it is. It's Costas Metzingas. That's a coach from Cyprus. He's actually the youngest USBC gold coach. And he started to work with me when I was 16. And he worked with me up until... I was 19 and joined Weber International, and in Weber, the biggest impact on my game had Randy Stoughton, who is the head coach for the ladies, uh, ladies team in Weber, and also Ruben Gergoshlin, who is a coach, for, who is my coach right now at this moment, and we we work on our on my physical game all the time, and I think those those three coaches are the ones that had had the biggest impact in my bowling. So how cool is it to go out on the PWBA tour and you're like, oh, there's Verdi. I bowled, uh, bowled in college with her. There's all these different teammates of yours at Weber that are out there. So it's just it seems like it has to be like a college reunion for you. Yeah, it's super cool. I, I, I love it. Like we, we actually scheduled the whole tour together. We, we are rooming together. We are flying together and we're having fun. It's awesome because when you think about it, tour is only three days and then you have another four days of a week that either you're going home or you're staying at one place and and you have to do something so it's so important to have very cool roommates to have great memories because it's not just about knocking down the pins that the whole pwba tour is so much more than that so it's very important to be surrounded by people that you really like because at the end of the day we we have to love what we're doing and what we're doing is not just knocking down the pins 
want to remind folks before our time is up, please check out bowlingthismonth.com. Seeing lots of great articles there from Bill Semstrad and the whole crew. Joe Slowinski, friend of the program, had him on a couple months back. Did a great podcast of Joe's article, The Anatomy of an Elite Release. Still up there. You can check that out. Lots of great stuff. Ball reviews down your left-hand side. You guys know the drill. Check out the website, though, if you haven't been there in a while. Check out bowlingthismonth.com. All right. So, Daria, when did you come to the United States? Was it when you were 16? No, I was 19 in 2012. 2012. Because, yeah. In Poland, we I, I graduated from high school when I was 19 because that's when we graduate, either when we are 18 or 19. But I was born in January, so I was already 19, and that's when I came to United States. What has been one of the um, one of the cultural things that has really uh, opened up your eyes? Just uh, a cultural difference, you could say, from Poland versus the United States. I'm not sure. This is a, a tricky question because it's very hard. <laughs> I'm definitely missing Poland and, and my culture, but the, the country here is very welcoming. Like I don't feel like I'm a stranger to people. I feel like even though I'm not American, nobody looks at me as an outsider. So that is very cool. Want to remind folks if you're looking for a shirt, please check out high the number five gear.com. Lots of great colors, lots of great styles, over a thousand different designs to choose from. So you can find your own, you can make your own. Like Kyle Troop said a few weeks back, you can go and design your own shirt so you have something unique and special that speaks to you. Again, check out high the number five gear.com. Also, special opportunity above 180.com listeners use the promo code above 180. That'll get you $20 off your order. So use that code. Above 180, that'll get you $20 off. Lots of great stuff. Please check them out. Hi, the number five gear.com. All right, well, my final question is going to be 900 Global, your sponsor there. Let's talk about some of the latest 900 Global stuff that you have in your bag and that other folks should be out there grabbing, whether it's for a, a tournament we got coming up or even just for our league patterns and league nights. Well, as I was saying before, the whole PWBA tour had been a roller coaster for me, and everything had changed when I shot 300 in Detroit. And I'm not sure what really clicked. I think the equipment was a big impact because of this tournament. We had the three newest releases, which was the Inception DCC, the Covert Ops, and the Honey Badger. So what happened with those three balls at the tournament in Detroit, I shot 300 with the Covert Ops, to later shot three, another 300 in Poland with the same ball. I, I used the Honey Badger on TV to win my first title, and then later, I led U.S. Open averaging almost 230 throwing DCT. So I think those latest releases from Global are extremely good. And I couldn't be happier with the motion I'm seeing because it actually it is doing what I like to see. It's quite angular down the lane, yet there's a lot of different motions. And Daria, this has just been a pleasure chatting with you. You can really hear your enthusiasm for the sport of bowling as we chatted. You're 24 years old. I thought it'd be great to bring you on. Hopefully we can share that with some other young folks out there. By all means, go check out your page on Facebook. And um, by all means, all the best of luck. And hopefully we'll catch up down the road. Well, thank you so much. I hope I'm going to have a chance to speak to you maybe next year. (laughs) 